welcome to the joyfulness broadcast so today i've got a bit of sniffles if my voice sounds a bit squeaky or like that that is why and for those that are not aware i have a uh, newsletter called the joyful broadcast yes very creative um and once a week it's about once a week send out a an email about something that's stirring up within me and it's really cool i enjoy the podcast but i also really enjoy writing um and i found that people really enjoy reading and find it helpful so if you'd like to then you can click in the description of this episode there'll be the link because um this episode will actually be brought to you by not brought to you by but inspired by the what was written there and the title of that newsletter this week's was nothing to fix nothing to fix and the crux of it is that uh, we have a very common fixer mentality in our society that there are life is a series of problems to fix and that uh, also pertains to us that we are a series of problems to uh, fix that view is rather limited first of all and second of all, it's sort of heavy, you know? There's not much room for enjoyment if there's just problems to fix. And it's actually like a sort of self-feeding cycle because, I mean, no matter, you fix it, you improve it, and there's something else to improve, something else to fix, and you keep going, and when does it stop? When does it end? When can you just relax and just enjoy life without any seeing, without seeing any problems? to fix so maybe there's a different way to look at life maybe there aren't any problems maybe it just seems that way maybe there's nothing to fix maybe that just seems that way maybe there's a completely different way completely different way to look at life which is far more enjoyable relaxing and actually more helpful to us and to life and so if there is such a way what would that way look like what would that way look like well consider instead of problems to fix actually before i go into that i think it will be helpful to understand where this comes from so um if we look at our own childhood if we'll just look at ourselves growing up um, and we take for example the common parenting paradigm so this isn't just us this is this is everyone everyone is with very rare exception this is the primary parenting paradigm it seems to it's reward based and it's punishment based so that's one component right that uh the idea is the idea being as at least as i see it that you you reward stuff you, you like and you punish stuff you don't like and therefore the child will do more of the stuff you like and less of the stuff you don't like but in practice uh, that's not really how it works. Um, and even if it does, even if it does, then there is still resentment within the child. There's still some anxiety. Because think about it, right? It's not a really nice way to grow up. It's, you're like told that, okay, I love you. Yeah, I love you. I love you. But don't do that or I'll be angry. Don't do this or I'll... Uh, maybe it's hit you. Maybe it's also an emotional uh, punishment. So emotional punishment could be a withdrawing of love. 
So it could be like, yeah, if you do this, yeah, sure, I'm happy with you. But if you don't, then no, like you're an idiot. Why would you do that? You don't know what you're talking about. No, do this instead. That's the really popular parenting paradigm. It's very popular. Um, and we can sort of see how that molds us, how that can very easily mold our view of ourselves as we are a problem and we have to fix ourselves to be like other people want us to be. And as a naive child, we're innocent little children. We just grow up and we just kind of nod our heads and go, go along with it. We're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm a problem and I have to fix and I have to be like these people tell me I have to be. Because out of innocence, we don't know any better. We just listen to everyone. Out of love and out of trust and out of innocence, we listen to everyone around us to form our views of ourselves. And so, over time, we can see that we start to form this very pretty low view of ourselves as just basically a series of problems to fix. (laughs) Um, And then, that also expresses itself in how we see the world. So, for me, it's like I would perceive there to be lots of problems to fix because within myself, that's how I perceived it. I perceived myself as broken and therefore I could only see others as broken. How could I see others as whole, um, whole beings when I couldn't see myself that way? Um, and so within my practice, for example, Psych K and letting go, and guiding, all that stuff, um, I found it was actually not that not as effective as it could have been because of my approach, because of this fixer approach. So we think that the fixer approach actually works and fixes things, but the thing is that it doesn't, as, as my my experience was revealing to me (laughs) it wasn't working because people so it's quite funny when you stop viewing stuff as problems and you just accept them as a part of life then things automatically start to change because it's like the only thing everything wants everything not just people but everything including thoughts and the only thing everything wants seems to be, at least as I see it, is to just be accepted and to be understood. That's all. So if instead of fixing it, we just sought sought to understand and accept, then that's where the magic happens and there's, there's an automatic transformation that occurs through understanding and acceptance. And so there's no need to fix anything and there's no problems. There's just things to understand and things to accept. Or even more than that, you could say that there, there are only opportunities to deepen in love. And that's all. What's a problem? From a certain perspective, it's a curse. But from another perspective, that same thing that was seen to be a curse can also now be turned into an opportunity to deepen in love. That's all. So there's no problems, there's just opportunities to deepen in love, to deepen understanding, deepen acceptance. So if we go back to um, well, childhood and how this might come up uh, come up about, um, I'll share with you a story that will hopefully make it a bit more clear. So the, the way I sort of realized this was actually just before when I was sleeping, um, I had a dream. I had a dream and the dream was about soccer. So I was playing soccer for my high school team and I was in the first I was called to the first so in in my high school year 12 team I wasn't in the first 
I was in the seconds. Um, and in this dream, I was like called to play the first and I was like taking it really seriously. And I saw, I even actually like saw their faces, the, the players who played there, um, who had, who I remembered at least, who had emotional significance. And I remember one of them and I, I looked at, I saw their face in the dream and I'm like, wow. When I woke up, I'm like, that's so interesting that I remember their face. And like, why did I look up to them so highly? Because this player was really good, but I looked up to him really highly. I'm like, why do I look up to this person really highly? And then what I realized was, a big part of it for me at least, was came down to actually wanting to be accepted and just cared about. That's all. And what my, what I thought was, was the way to be accepted and to be cared about was to be really good at soccer. And so if I'm really good at soccer, then people uh, will accept me or my coach, my dad, my family uh, will accept me and care about me. And so it was just a, that that's all. It was just the means for that. And that's quite interesting when I when I really saw that. Because um, for me, it wasn't really logical. It was more just I could feel it, that that's what it was about. Um, so dreams are quite interesting like that because they can offer this incredible insight to ourselves, but it's not it's not really logical. It's more like intuitive, like you just intuit it. You get a sense of it. Um, for me, it's probably more of a sense of it. You get a sense of it and just intuit what it's all about through a dream. So that's really helpful. And so what I saw was, wow, okay, so I never really, I never, whether I did or didn't, um, I never perceived myself to be some someone that was cared for. I didn't really feel like I was cared about. It was more like sort of brushed aside. Um, that's how it felt at least, even though family is very, very loving um, and received lots of love in different ways. There was also an emotional aspect that was deprived. There was an emotional deprivation and so for me, what happened was, I'm understanding it more and more now, it was as a child, there's this emotional deprivation um, that wasn't, basically I wasn't able to be given what I was emotionally needed, look, looking for. Um, and so the mechanism of the mind, the mind came in and then detached me from life. Like it, there was this strong detachment. So and a bigger diving into the logical side. Massive detachment from the emotional side, feeling side, and bigger dive into the logical side, the rational side, with a detached approach. But that detached approach could also come across as quite cold and uncaring. And I could sometimes come across that to people, but I would also come across like that to myself. So I would be cold and uncaring to people because I was cold and uncaring within myself because that's just how I perceived myself. That's how my mind perceived myself based on what it learned from how people treated me and based on my own perceptions. So hopefully that makes a bit of sense and ties some things together. Once I saw that, I was then like, oh wow, that's so cool. And in just understanding that and then just coming to accept how that felt, and just accepting that feeling and letting it be there, um, and just exploring it further, I then started to uh, to be more familiar with compassion. It, it all just made a lot more sense, if I had to put it nicely. 
it just started to make a lot more sense. So like, oh, wow, so that's why I am like I am now. That's why I see the world like I see now, like I see it now. But at the same time, I don't have to see it this way. And there is another way in which the world is a more caring place. And I, I, I treat myself with greater care. Um, not in a physical way, maybe physical as well, but mostly emotional, mostly like what is it to emotionally care about ourselves? To me, it's just like letting ourselves feel like we are and just giving ourselves some respect and allowing the feelings to be as they are. For me, it's very intellectual because I've talked about this many times, right? Um, in all the past podcast episodes, but it's only recently that it's been moving down from the intellectual level, from the conceptual level to the actual experiential embodied um, being level. And, and and all of all of this has actually been due to a um, the help of a friend of mine, a really close friend friendship, um, that has, in my perception, at least, been the first time I it's first time I really realized, oh my goodness, like this person actually cares about me and they don't want anything from me, they just genuinely don't want anything from me, they don't demand anything from me. Because, like, a lot of people care about us, right? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who care about me as well, and I don't want to devalue that. And there's a lot of people who, who love us, and we can only ever love as much as we can love. Um, but there's also a lot of other stuff that gets in the way of that love. It, it makes it harder to see. Um, there's a lot of expectations, a lot of invisible expectations, I think is a nice way to put it. Lots of invisible expectations that people might be aware of, but even more that they might not be aware of that they're placing on us. Lots of invisible demands that they want us to be a certain way to meet their own emotional needs. And so the more free someone is within themselves, the more they can just give us care and love unconditionally, no cost to it. Just here it is, because that's what I am. I am that care and I am that love, so I can give it. I've earned it within myself. So obviously, if someone hasn't owned that care and that love within themselves, they can't give it out. So that's to say that no, there's no one to blame for it. Um, but still, it's experientially quite—it's uh, quite a, like an emptiness when there's no love or um, or care. There's a quite an emptiness, and so I think instead of instead of dealing with that emptiness, what was easier for the mind was to just detach from it. Be like, no, it's not my problem. Poof, detached. (laughs) Um, Which, you know, is really cool. I think that's really cool, isn't it? Because the mind was just trying to protect me. That's all. So it's like, okay, overwhelming, unable to receive care that's required or or that is emotionally wanted. Um, So instead, we'll just detach and keep Nick safe. Okay, yes, he'll be a bit cold and uncaring, but he'll be safe. He'll be alive. And he'll be able to function really effectively in the world in which I was and still am. And so, I mean, it's nothing bad about that. It's just that understanding it really helps me um, let it go and see that, okay, it served me then. It no longer serves me now. There's a more loving approach. There's something more helpful, more supportive to life. I'll choose that instead. Or it chooses itself instead more accurately once I just see see it for what it is. Um, but back to this person, so there was this person finally in my life, and because of the relationship being a very loving and intimate one, um, was able to feel like someone really cared about me. And then when I saw, I, act, I just saw it, like they didn't try to change me, I just saw it, and I'm like, wow, 
it was just like a wow moment, like, here we go, and I could see that I could then be that way to myself, you know, I could actually be like that person, like she was being to me, I could just be like that to my own feelings, to my own thoughts, to, to, to everything, to everyone, I could be like that, and it's like a new, it, I just wasn't aware of it before, so I don't blame myself, I don't, punish myself for being cold and uncaring um or coming across that way because I just couldn't help it I couldn't help it at all I, that's how I saw the world based on how I experienced the world based on every all the factors that led up to it and so now this new person came to my life showed me a new new light came in and revealed new things and now I'm able to see things differently that I wasn't able to before so, which is really cool is there was this whole process of letting go of the the whole fixer because it all comes down from the fixer um, fixer mentality, which saw me as broken and having to fix me and therefore saw everyone else as broken and having to be fixed. In letting go of that and just instead of having that to just care, to just care for the feelings, to just care for everything, care for all of life, to just be there with life as it is and that's all. Be with it, at one with it. Listen, be kind, be compassionate. That's all. Without, so that's a lot. That's not. There's no goal there. <laughs> there's no like. There's no outcome that's desired in that approach. There's no nothing to fix. It's just compassion. That's all for the sake of compassion. There's just caringness for the sake of caringness. Um, and that's something that I've uh, been able to embody a lot more recently thanks to her help a friend of my very caring and loving friend who if he's listening to hello um and i think that that's 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 all really cool it's all really cool and so the, the crux of that the essence i think is there's a couple of things that i've learned that i think can be really helpful to anyone listening um first of all there's no need to be hard on yourself there's no need because it's not helpful it doesn't help anyone at all um, and also it's not based in reality, like, there's no reason for you to be harsh on yourself, because we can only ever be as we are, like, it sounds obvious, but we can only be as we are, like, at this very moment, you are as you are, because that's all you can be, if you could be something else, if you could be more gentle, more loving, um, then you would be, so it, it's, life is evolutionary in nature, and there's no need to rush it along <laughs> you know life is it's got it taken care of it doesn't need any push or, or shove from us instead we can just be a silent loving observer to just be kind to ourselves as, as kind as we can be that's all that's as kind as we ever can be is just as kind and loving as we can be we can't be any more loving and kind than we can be at any moment otherwise we would be so there's no need to be harsh on ourselves instead it's a lot more helpful and serves all of life a lot more to just enjoy ourselves as we are however we are cold uncaring cool enjoy it doesn't matter just enjoy it for what it is um and be just be open and willing the more open and willing we are towards ourselves so the more willing we are to be the way we are or the way we seem to be even um, the easier things are, the more gracefully things just automatically shift, 
that things ebb and flow, you know, they come and new insights come and things come out of nowhere and suddenly you see things completely differently and where did it come from, where did it go, where did it come from, where did it go, where did it come from, Katama, oh, do 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 sorry, I don't remember the song, I was trying to search it up, anyway, what was I saying, yes, things just ebb and flow and it all just changes spontaneously and effortlessly and automatically he doesn't have to be a lot of hard work you know this joy this is a case of joyfulness broadcast in my experience joy is not hard work it's not hard at all it's very effortless it's easy it's even easy sort of like easy implies some level of difficulty um graceful is the best word Joy is grace. Joy and grace are the same thing. Just different... Different qualities of the same thing. What's easier... Like, you know, when we're playing with dogs, we don't have to work really hard to play with a dog. Play and work. Uh, they, they seem... They're very... <laughs> they're like different things. <laughs> work, it's almost like when we say work, we mean push through stuff and force stuff but play is just fun it's spontaneous it's natural it's easy so that's what joy is and that's what you can be to yourself right now you don't have to wait you can if you want to but it's no fun (laughs) it's not as fun as um if you just be that way right now just as just enjoy yourself as you are now you don't have to be a certain way to enjoy yourself your life doesn't have to be a certain way to enjoy life you can, if you want to, open yourself to seeing your life right now as it is right now to just recontextualize it and see it differently so that it will be easier and more na- so that the natural consequence of that perception would be joy, would be fun, would be grace, would be kindness. There's nothing you have to change out there or even within yourself, all, all that's required is just to be open and willing to see things differently. This is actually rather amazing. If you just open yourself to seeing things differently, you will see things differently. Isn't that amazing? Because we get so focused on, on the details of life, on, on the, I don't know, the spice of the day and what we're going to do in the future, and then that never even ends up happening, so we're all thinking about nothing. <laughs> um or about the person we're thinking or justifying what, what how we feel about them. We're wasting our energy so much on these trivial matters that we're not going to care about when we die. The only thing we're going to care about, or the only thing that really matters is just the enjoyment of life. That's what life's about. Even forget, forget death, because sometimes that can be a bit fatalistic. <laughs> so even forgetting death, I mean, what's life about other than enjoying it? What's the reason that you do everything that you do? Isn't it to enjoy? Isn't it to feel, to uplift life? Uplift life. What's uplifting life? Well, you feel good when you give to life, don't you? So it's all enjoyment. So instead of waiting for it to happen, instead of, why not just, just enjoy it right now? You know, it's coming from within you. Just ask yourself, be like, okay, I don't know how to enjoy life. Cool. That's not, that's not a problem to fix. That's just how it is. That's all. So if it's, if, if what comes up within you is, I don't really know how to enjoy life. That's super awesome. Like, that's amazing. Just give it some attention. 
and open yourself to see, okay, well, how do I enjoy life? And that's all. So, okay, question comes up. Oh, I don't know how to enjoy it. And so then what happens? Instead, we don't, there might be a momentary judgment and, and like a, be like how terrible I am, how ashamed and guilty. I don't know how to enjoy life. So once you move past all that stuff, once you move past all that garbage and all that BS, <laughs> then you can just open yourself up to seeing things differently. That's all. So be like, okay, so currently I can't really see how to, how that might be. I can open myself to seeing how it could be. How could I enjoy life? What does it mean to enjoy life? Where does enjoyment of life come from? And to just ask yourself these questions and just get curious with it and explore it. Life's this fun exploration. There's all these fun avenues you can take. None of them are wrong or right. There's just different paths to take that are going to lead you different places. And it's up to you where you want to go. It's like a, the ultimate video game, you know, complete open world video game where you can do anything and have your own adventure. That's all. So that's what it means. All the answers are within you because when you, if you just assume that all the answers are already within you and then you say, okay, well, just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not, not there, you know. I can, even though I can't see it, I could look into what's, what might be blocking me from not seeing it. So maybe, for example, very commonly, maybe I'm not seeing it because I don't want to see it. Maybe I don't want to see how I enjoy life because maybe then I'll have to make some changes in my life and maybe a part of me doesn't want to make some changes in my life. <laughs> so the, all the answers are within us. Um, and all we have to do is just open ourselves uh, if we want to see them. We don't have to, but that's what leads to the revelations. It's all from within. There's nothing external to us. Even when you're listening to these podcasts, you can listen in different ways, and receive completely different things from it. Nothing to do with the podcast, everything to do with you and your own inner power. You can listen openly, as openly as you can, or you can listen like sort of openly, but like, oh, I don't know, and I'll have lots of, you'll see lots of voices of doubt and like that stuff. You can, that's cool as well. But one is limited, one is a lot less limited. The more open we are, the more we are open we are to change, the more things change. Or the more open we are to freedom, the more free we are. You know, we actually have to open ourselves to freedom because there is a part of us that's closed off to it. And it's really scared of it, scared of freedom. You'll find that within, like, you know, suddenly life opens up. Oh my goodness, there are so many options. And there's that overwhelming part. But when we open ourselves to experiencing that and move through it willingly, then what's left at the end is just, the beauty of it, the beauty of it, but the beauty of it isn't, sometimes we have to move through a little, a little, little mud, or we have to let it settle before we can start to see things clearly, and that's all just part of the process, um, so I guess one of the other essences of this, uh, this episode is to recognize two very different mindsets, one is goal-oriented, and the other one is process-oriented, or maybe even, I would prefer, living or life-oriented. Living-oriented, maybe. So goal-oriented is like, it's more, it's coming from the ego. It's like, achievement, what am I going to do? Um, and that can be functionally helpful. Like, it can be functionally helpful to be goal-oriented, to like, in the sense of like, functioning in the world. So that's something more 
for me to learn, that's something I'm learning a lot more, is how to, you know, bring that about when I have no interest in it. <laughs> um, so just to be functional in the world. So that's something that, that that's helpful in a functional sense. But in the sense of how we live our lives, our lives are not goal-oriented. Our lives are always lived in the present moment. At any moment, they're always lived in the now, always lived spontaneously, spontaneously. And as much as we plan, the plans only ever emerge out of spontaneity. So it's all spontaneous. It's all free. It's all in the moment. It's all, there's so much room, so many variables that could change at any moment and life could completely change and all plans are thrown out the window. So life is lived in the moment. And so when we're living our lives and we're approaching feelings and thoughts and letting go and enjoying life, it helps to be more life-oriented or living-oriented or process-oriented compared to goal-oriented because it's not, you're not looking for the, it's not like, okay, the goal is for me to enjoy life more. You can come into that like that. That's cool. But then what is helpful is to then see the shift. Okay, I came in here wanting to enjoy life more and then I have learned that enjoyment comes from within me at this very moment. So enjoyment is a process-oriented approach to life. It's like, how can I do this in an enjoyable way? How can I enjoy myself right now versus how can I plan to enjoy myself in the future? <laughs> so it's, it's like, well, like, how can I enjoy what I'm doing right now? How can I enjoy listening? How can I enjoy it? How can I enjoy uh, working? How can I enjoy walking? How can I enjoy sitting still? How can I just enjoy being alive? And then that will bring you slowly and slowly, or maybe really fast, who knows? Eventually, sooner or later, thick or thin, it brings you to the essence of it. And the essence of it is that you are life. You are life and enjoyment. Enjoyment comes from the recognition that I am alive, that I exist. That's where enjoyment, that's where true enjoyment comes from. Everything else is superficial. Real joy comes from just that simple recognition, I exist. If you really, real joy doesn't need anything doesn't need anything, don't need any experiences, don't need any fancy restaurants, don't need any, you don't even need a stick and a stone, <laughs> it's just that recognition, I exist, it's just the joy of existence, that to me is the essence, it's the essence and the crux, the crux of joy, and before I finish the episode, actually, so I'm writing a book, um, or well, I think I will in the future, I have tried in the past, but, uh, Yes, lots to learn in the book writing arena. Anyway, if I wrote a book, um, could you let me know if you'll be interested? I think it would help for me to see if people are interested. Um, I'm thinking of calling the book Rediscovering the Joy of Existence. Um, And it would be about just that, you know, just sharing certain insights, like similar way to this podcast, but in a written form that's probably a bit more elegant. Uh, I tend to be more elegant in my writing than in my words <laughs> yeah, when speaking so if you're interested in that you could could you let me know um you can leave an anchor voice message if you want so anchor is the app through which i record this if you don't have anchor feel free to uh email me email me you can email me so in the description of this podcast episode just in terms of how to email me, I have left the um, 
the email sign up for the newsletter. So if you sign up to the newsletter, you can then email that email, which is a really long process. <laughs> okay, so instead, if you if you are interested in the book, what I'll also do in the description is I'll just leave that in email that you can shoot an email to be like, yeah, whoa, I love a book, or no, like that's a terrible idea, Nick, you're an idiot. <laughs> whichever approach it is, I don't, uh, whichever one it is, I don't mind. I'd love to hear it from you. Anyway, um, so that, that email that you can send it to will be in the description of the Spotify thingy or Apple thingy or wherever you're listening to. And th- that email is nick at joyfulness.live. So nick at joyfulness uh, at live. Dot, dot live or live but I say live because it's cooler um, yes and that's about it thank you very much for listening um, and I'll see you in the next one